Might as well just be called Thursday nights, all right, for fighting. Since it is a Thursday, we are an hour earlier than normal. Happy Thursday, everybody. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz here on Sports Talk. Why are we coming your way at three instead of four? Is this some sort of sick tribute to the 90s when we used to do the show from three to six? No, it's not. Although that would be pretty funny. Now, we're coming at three because we've got uh, baseball at five. Game two, Yanks-Astros, which means you had either one hour of us from four to five or we get to go two hours today from three to five and uh, deliver it to you. We chose the latter and figured, what the heck, let's give you the full two-hour experience and we'll just uh, cut off the last uh, the last hour and go from there. So that's the plan today. We're sticking with it uh, because it's too late now. I mean, we're already on the air, so we can't do anything. Uh, Jeff Erickson's going to join us in about 20 minutes to talk a little fantasy. Birdie at four, playoffs at five. Yes, that's what it's all about, folks. That is what it is all about here on Sports Talking. Uh, that's why we're excited about this show today, uh, Adrian. We're going to have some fun in the first hour with Jeff Erickson. Uh, probably have him on the phones, and uh, then we'll get right back to it. And uh, we'll have Lee Sterling tomorrow on the show, so uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, tonight, Steve, by the way, uh, is a great day for sports. There are, I think, every single major sport in the U.S. is playing tonight. Uh, MLS, PGA, golf, you have football, basketball, baseball, uh, college football, hockey, going on tonight is like that kind of night where no matter what if you're a sports fan of anything you might be watching some sports tonight because of all the different things going on i love that plus yes and you're right we've got uh, the thursday night game that nobody cares about that's also happening right um because for those of you that uh, are big nfl fans you get to watch new orleans atlanta that's happening the prime game you get the yankee game you get the nba you got hockey by the way, I watched Knicks last night losing overtime to Memphis, and I was impressed. I came away thinking, you know what? I didn't expect them to win that game anyway. I know how good the Grizz, uh, the Grizzlies are, but uh, I liked the Knicks yesterday. I liked what I had a chance to see. I liked watching Cam Reddish do a lot for them, and ultimately the Knicks had a chance, which is all you can ask for. Yeah, I like when Cam Reddish plays a lot of minutes, and I texted you that last night, Steve, but uh, Cam Reddish hitting the game-tying three uh, to send it to overtime for the Knicks. Uh, he had ice in his veins yesterday, and it's coming off a weird offseason for uh, Cam Reddish, who was recently traded to New York, like we all know, and he did not sign an extension this offseason, which he was extension eligible. He was among those uh, you know, five, four or five years players who did not uh, sign the extension, so that means he'll enter restricted free agency next year. Not necessarily an unrestricted free agent, but uh, kind of puts his season into a, a weird place. He, he might be playing for that new deal, and uh, he, he sure showed it last night. Yeah, he did, and I'll tell you what, uh, again, a uh, lot of fun to watch. Um, I was a little disappointed, uh, speaking of the NBA last night, since I did have a chance to watch the late game yesterday. And it's always kind of interesting when you see how things go uh, at night. And um, all I could tell you is uh, the Suns are like every team in sports. Come out slow, play like crap, but then the second half starts and everything changes. Which is why in the NBA, let's be honest, the first half means nothing. You could be down, the Knicks were down 20, they came back forced overtime. The Suns were down like 15 or 20 early on, they came back, beat the Mavs 107-105. That's why, to me, if you're watching the NBA and there's a big deficit in the first half, who cares? Because chances are, especially if it's the home team, they always come back and make a game out of it. Yeah, like yesterday's game between the Suns and the Mavs, I thought that was over. I thought Luka was going to run away with it. And and Phoenix, their crowd got behind them in a big way, and they rallied back easily. It it felt like it was uh, effortless for them to come back, and I get it. Dallas doesn't have the greatest role players alongside Luka, but at the same time, you still got to give credit to the Suns. It just kind of shows you that in these NBA games, as lopsided as scores can be near halftime, uh, games usually get a lot closer when it's all said and done at the end. Early, and again, this is way too early as far as the NBA goes because they've only been playing for two days, but the Nets are going to have a, they're going to be a mess. The Nets are going to be a mess. I mean, the, the Pelicans went in yesterday and they destroyed the Brooklyn Nets. They beat them 130 to 108. And, you know, they, they now in this game, the Pelicans outscored the Nets 32 14 in the first half. In the first quarter, and even though the Nets uh, had a better second quarter, uh, Pelicans just they beat them up in the second half. And I'll tell you something: Zion is healthy. Zion looks good, and despite KD being there, uh, the Nets are going to have a, they're going to they're going to have a rough time. 
There's no other way to put it. Yeah, what happened over the offseason can't be overlooked for this Brooklyn team. And, and it was a, a tumultuous um, you know, trade request from Kevin Durant. It was Kyrie Irving who first demanded that he be traded and then opted in last minute with his player option unexpectedly. And now you have this Brooklyn team who says, okay, let's let's just roll it out on the floor. And you could see you, there are some team chemistry issues. There's issues with Ben Simmons who finally played 23 minutes after sitting out an entire season season due to mental health concerns yep. and he played yesterday and looked terrible so I don't know what to make of the Brooklyn team and for uh, New Orleans I love Zion really like uh, Brandon Ingram like Herb Jones and CJ McCollum they have a nice nucleus I'm with you on that one um, I, I thought also uh, Raptors and the Cavs was a fun one last night these are two solid teams that have a chance to be middle to high seeds in the Eastern Conference Raptors got the best of them at home Cleveland looked good with Donovan Mitchell again a lot of new looks this year and that's going to be fun to see also in the East because I think the East is going to be much more competitive top to bottom. Uh, you know, it's gotten better and better the last few years, but I feel like this time around with Donovan Mitchell going to the Cavs, it's going to make things even more exciting. Yeah, I love that team with Evan Mobley kind of leading the way as the young star, and you've got Darius Garland, who's a young uh, guard who's going to play alongside Donovan Mitchell. The one thing you'll say is Mitchell's got to improve defensively, mm-hmm. but yesterday's game, I mean, you can never count the Raptors out. OG Ananobi really likes Scotty Barnes. He does a lot of nice things for them, so they're going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah. OG Ananobi had 18.7 boards and five assists yesterday, and if you look at that starting lineup for Toronto, they all contributed. Everybody was in double figures, and Pasquale Siakam had a very quiet 23 yesterday for Toronto. That's going to be a fun team to watch. Bulls beating the Heat of Miami was a nice little early statement beside uh, DeMar DeRozan's 37 points, six rebounds, nine assists. Again, Bulls are a team that also is, uh, is has got a chance to do some big things this year. They make the early statement beating Miami. You talk about the East. I do think it's going to be solid. I feel bad for the Spurs. They got drilled by the Hornets yesterday, 129-102. I think San Antonio could be one of the worst teams in the NBA this year when it's all said and done. Yeah, I can't even tell you who their starting five is. Like I can tell you Keldon Johnson, that's about it with the Spurs. They didn't do a good job the offseason, but uh, everybody who is on the bottom part of the NBA, they're targeting Victor Wembenyama, the French sensation, and if it's not him, it's Scoot Henderson, uh, who's another great guy who's, uh, you know, that that second pick who's probably going to go for the NBA draft. But uh, going back to the, the Miami Heat, they're my team that I might push the panic button if things don't go well. They might make a panic trade, like dealing away somebody like Jimmy Butler, who got in an altercation last year with coaches toward the end of the season. If things don't go right for that group, I, I think you're starting to see that group age a little bit, and if uh, things don't go well, they might ship away some of their veteran players. Paolo Banchero yesterday for the Magic, 27 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists in his NBA debut. They lost to the Pistons. However, Banchero is the first rookie with a 25-5-5 line in his first ever game since LeBron did it 19 years ago. Now, we're not going to tell you that uh, Banchero is going to be the next LeBron James, but you know what? Again, another exciting young star in, in uh, Orlando now uh, coming up in uh, Paolo Banchero. Yeah, also a young, fun team with the Orlando Magic. You look at uh, Jalen Suggs. Remember, he hit that big shot for Gonzaga just two seasons ago, and he's a young, fun player to watch. Uh, I like Chuma Ukiki. He's another fun guy that they have coming off the bench. Uh, Franz Wagner, they got him in that trade that that they had with Nikola Vucevic, Mm -hmm. and they won that trade in a big way. Orlando did, and they've got a young nucleus, and it's going to be led by Paulo Bancaro. I've loved his offseason. Bancaro, what he was able to to do in kind of like those off-season workouts, preseason, he just really, uh, he was a sensation, and I think everybody's going to latch on to him. He might be that front-runner for Rookie of the Year. Well, again, huge night for him, so that's a big story in itself. Um, We lead with the NBA because we have not talked a lick of NBA on this show over the last few weeks, even during the exhibition season. I didn't think it even mattered. Now all of a sudden, games are happening. We start to see what's going on. I do feel early indications that there's a lot of parity a lot of parity in the NBA. We have some great teams, but I feel like there's nobody that's going to be head and shoulders better 
than everybody else like we've seen in years past. You know, that's that's the first thing. That was my first takeaway from the NBA. A lot of good teams. Yeah, there's some there's some mediocre and some garbage, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, this has a chance to be a real fun season in the NBA, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And speaking of fun, we've got two great matchups tonight. Bucks 76ers, first time seeing Giannis step on the floor this year uh, with Milwaukee, and then 8 o'clock start Clippers-Lakers. I don't remember the last time Kawhi Leonard put on a uniform and played basketball. It was probably a year and a half ago, and uh, he's finally playing tonight. Crypto.com Arena out in L.A. Lakers hosting them, trying to get their first win. Lakers look bad. Uh, Let's see what the Clippers look like. Absolutely. I'm excited about that. Uh, This also broke uh, just a few moments ago, and uh, again, a lot of interesting news around the soccer world here locally. We found out that Richie Ryan and uh, Matt Boehner had both retired uh, following the season. How about the news today that uh, Dylan Mayers is gone after three years with El Paso Locomotive FC? Interesting because, again, you look at this team didn't make the playoffs for the first time since their inception as a expansion team. And I feel almost that with the exception of, of Lucho, you are going to see an entirely new look roster for the 2023 season. Every Buddy that had any kind of ties to um, Mark Lowry will be gone. And I feel like now uh, seeing some of the guys either retire or not return, you got to feel like, uh, you know, they're going to completely remake this roster. Yeah. And I know that there are a lot of fans who are frustrated right now at the coaching staff and, you know, the powers that be who are creating this roster. But you have to understand those who are frustrated have to understand that this happens a lot across sports. When you start up a new team, when a new coach comes in and they set their own regime. Yep. They want to have their own players. They want to build the roster like they like. And if uh, there are you know leftovers from the previous regime that they just don't fit their game plan, then that's just the bottom line. They're not going to move on with them. Here's a great example. Look what happened with Utah basketball last there year. There I go. mean, Joe Golden comes in, commits everybody to stay, buys in. They win 20 games, and then basically three-quarters of the team go into the transfer portal after the year is over. He completely brings in an entirely new roster, minus three holdovers, and now it's much more to his liking based on the kind of players he's going after. You hope that Hutch will do the same thing with his team and uh, you'll see some results that could get uh, the uh, locomotive back in the postseason starting uh, next year. So again, Dylan Mayer is the latest. We'll probably find that they, they, both goaltenders are now gone. Um, retire uh, Players retiring, vets uh, hanging up. It will be very interesting to see what goes on in that, in that uh, you know, um, in that roster for, for next season. So no doubt about that. So, yes, uh, a lot of interesting news. Baseball yesterday. I thought the Yanks were going to beat uh, the Astros. I was a little surprised that, uh, you know, the the Yanks' bats went flat. But then again, you look at the lineup, not exactly a lot of feared boppers in game one against Verlander. And credit the Padres. They, you know, a game that ended at 6.30 last night on this radio station, they bounced back to draw even at one game apiece with the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, I loved what the Padres did in the fifth inning yesterday uh, to be able to record the five runs to rally back and beat uh, the Phillies. Now, they needed that one, in a, and it, I don't need to say this, but they obviously needed that one being at home at Petco. They can't go 0-2 going back to Philly whatsoever and, and expect to win this series handily. Now, on the flip side with Houston, the way that they were able to just hold their composure after being down early one nothing and uh, bat- rallying back and really uh, taking control over this game. It was impressive. That mm-hmm. Astros team is the team to beat in all of baseball. I'm with you on that one. 15 pass as we get ready for Jeff Erickson. No little fantasy football talk here on the show. By the way, had a caller off the air ask about Yuma. Um, the locomotive, they're very strategic about how they announce player departures. So um, he asked if Yuma's coming back. I would be surprised given Yuma's age and uh, performance this season if he returns. But chances are the locomotive, they don't make it all official at once, Adrian. They they pretty much make announcements every couple days for about a week or two. That's right. They'll spread it out. They'll they'll kind of do different things where they'll issue releases and they'll kind of, they, they know this news probably behind closed doors. There are also other media outlets. Uh, I, I'd encourage people to look at Seriously Locopod. Those, are, those guys are usually really on top of things as far as breaking news for Locomotive, but uh, that's how you're going to find news when it comes to transactions for Locomotive FC. I'm with you on that one. So get ready, folks. Come Coming up next, uh, we will go to Jeff Erickson from Rotowire. If you've got fantasy football questions, now's the time to get them into us as we get going here on the show today. Uh, do we have D ready, or is that going to be the four o'clock hour? 
Perfect. So we'll have D-Woo in traffic coming up an hour from now. But back with Jeff. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Continue here on Sports Talk. Fantasy football time with Jeff Erickson. If you've got fantasy football questions, now is the time to send them in. Jeff, we're rolling with you a few hours early because of the Yanks and uh, Astros tonight, which uh, take the air in less than two hours. So we appreciate uh, your flexibility. And um, thanks for giving us, uh, for you, uh, a little matinee segment here on the program today. Hey, no problem. Happy to do it. Appreciate that. Uh, meanwhile, as far as uh, baseball goes, even though you're busy with fantasy baseball rankings and analysis, getting that ready for uh, for next season, uh, any surprises in terms of, uh, you know, who's left? Nobody thought the National League would be where it is right now. We all expected the Dodgers. Some thought the Mets. Uh, nobody really thought uh, Phillies and Padres when it was all said and done. Yeah, I mean, it's a 5-6 matchup. You don't it's not what you expect. However, you know, the Padres are not your typical 5C team. They were the biggest buyers at the trade deadline, and they were expected to have Tatis, and they wanted to make a run at the Dodgers. Obviously, that didn't happen in the regular season, but this is, you know, they were, they're clearly loaded for Bear for the playoffs, trying to go, throw all in to win. Um, so I, I like that, you know, seeing that rewarded. I mean, I actually thought the Dodgers were the best team, and I think maybe a seven-game series they would have done better, but you never know. I mean, the Dodgers didn't hit, uh, and, and the Padres came up big when they needed it the most. Um, yeah, I, I am a little surprised. Well, again, that makes uh, I think that makes three of us because you can count Adrian in that too, and everybody else out there. We all thought you know there would be some some teams, but it just goes to show you that in the National League, so much unpredictability, and not only that, Jeff. Um, the hot teams, they roll. I mean, look what happened. Phil's got hot at the right time. Pod's got hot at the right time. Yeah. I, 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 I'm wary of making too many broad conclusions from this because, I mean, it was a five-game series. You know, and a lot can happen in a five-game series. Heck, in a three, you know, the Dodgers, I mean, they lost, I think, five out of six of the Pirates this year. It happens. Uh, weird things happen. They got swept at home by the Nats one time. Uh, you know, anybody can get cold at the wrong time, and that that's one thing we need to learn, and anybody can get hot at the right time. Oh, you're right. Uh, they, and you know what? Uh, I, I don't think we need to do any radical changes at the playoffs or any other rules about that. Sometimes the best team doesn't win, and that's that's we've come to that grips with that evil long before we expanded the playoffs. No, you're 100% correct about that, And um, but, you know, that's that's sports, and it happens everywhere. I mean, you'll sometimes see top yep. seeds go down, and that's part of uh, that's part of a playoff excitement is all about, so I get you on that. All right, let's switch it over to the NFL. A uh, lot of interesting storylines, a lot of takeaways uh, after last week uh, in the league, and Let's begin with the big news. Dak Prescott has now been medically cleared, and uh, he has declared himself uh, fully ready to go for the Dallas Cowboys. I said it last week. I've been saying it for weeks, actually. This is the best possible situation that could have happened for Cowboys fans. They got more than they expected out of Cooper Rush. He didn't beat the Eagles, didn't look particularly good in that game, which really sets up Dak's return perfectly, and you've got him on your value meter as the number 9 quarterback against Detroit. Yeah, I mean, talk about a perfect game for uh, Dak to come back to. I mean, I know there was a game in Week 2 where the Lions had a pretty good uh, pass rush, but since then they haven't been a very stout defensive team at all. Uh, so you got to figure this, uh, you know, at home against the Lions is as soft a landing spot as you're going to get. Um, you're right. And, and Cooper Rush didn't look the part in the, the Sunday nighter against the Eagles. Gives them perfect cover. Not that they needed perfect cover, but it gives them perfect cover to switch back to Dak. As long as he, you know, he showed in practice that he's ready, it's like, okay, let's make that change right back. It worked out pretty well for them. That's right. It sure did. Now, how do you think it's going to affect the Cowboy receivers? you got C.D. Lamb ranked 10th right now. He is the top Dallas receiver you have in your value meter. You also have, I think i got to go all the way down after that to find Michael Gallup, 45, on the list. Yeah, I mean, Gallup at times, hasn't looked all himself just yet. Uh, nothing wrong with that. It happens. But at the same time, I, I, I think, you know, you were you, you kind of, you know, hoping to step right in. But he's coming back from a torn ACL, and he came back early. So, you know, I, I, I 
don't really, I'm not really big on a second wideout option. Although now that uh, Dak is back, perhaps he spreads it around a little bit more than uh, Cooper Rush did. Where it felt like Cooper Rush is feeding uh, feeding Ceedee Lamb, and that might be that might not be the case going forward. Speaking of returns, Tua now is expected to be the starting quarterback Sunday night against the Steelers. You have him all the way up to six. Yeah, it's a great matchup. Uh, the Steelers will be getting uh, Mika Fitzpatrick back, but this is still a bad secondary, a banged-up secondary. Uh, and Miami, they don't run the ball a ton. They haven't really posted a ton of points lately, but at the same time, the passing yards have been there. And I think Tua's going to get that for sure this week. Meanwhile, yeah, to find a, a Miami running back on your list, you got to go all the way down to almost 30 to find Raheem Mostert. Yeah, uh, and you know Mostert seems to be the guy right now. Uh, but you know that that could change pretty quickly too. So, you know, I just the, the, the second year in a row they're really not committed too much to running the ball. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is on the trade block. Carolina is absolutely horrible right now. Do you think that uh, the Panthers end up dealing him before the deadline? I think they'll try, but I'd say it's probably less than 50-50 that, that he gets traded. I think they're going to try to trade a lot away. I think they're going to just completely retool. Uh, the question is, are they going to get the deal that they feel comfortable with it? And that, that's always the tricky part there. So uh, I, I, my guess is that a McCaffrey trade doesn't happen, but uh, they'll, they'll be trying. Um, if McCaffrey does get dealt, who do you think are the top three or four teams that could absolutely use him in a deal? Baltimore seems like a good candidate. The Rams seem like a good candidate. Uh, you know, we always wonder, like, where are they going to find the room? How are they going to make it work? But the Rams have done it countless times over. The, the salary cap is seemingly an illusion at times, so they could find probably a way to make it happen. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, you know I, I could see those are probably the top two th- teams I can think of, but there's probably four or five others. And I could totally see the Rams trying to include Cam Akers in that trade back to Carolina, considering he's not even playing right now as the Rams try to find a yeah. taker. Yeah. Uh, good luck with that. Um, that. That's more, and they might find a taker, but it's not going to be like, okay, this will be just a throw-in part of this deal here. Yeah, that's true. Certainly won't be the primary. I'll tell you this much. Um, I know he doesn't have a great matchup this week against the Chargers, but uh, Kenneth Walker seems like somebody now that's going to be pretty uh, sought after as far as uh, rookie running backs go. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he looked he looked pretty good against the uh, Cardinals last week. It's not a bad matchup against the Chargers. I think you know they they were pretty vulnerable against the run two weeks ago against the Browns uh, and Nick Chubb. Now Nick Chubb will do that to a lot of teams, uh, but you know uh, you know, the Broncos. You know they're they're not firing in all cylinders offensively, so maybe a little bit easier to stop that running game. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's um, it's a good way to look at it. And you know, the, the, Seattle doesn't have a ton of other uh, other choices, do they? I mean, now really uh, with uh, the season-ending injury, um, you know, to um, who was the uh, the starting back before uh, Penny? Penny, yep. that's that's right. Before Penny got hurt, I mean, really it was Walker, and I don't even know who else is even listed right now on their depth chart. Well, you're looking at DJ Dallas, perhaps, on passing downs. Travis Homer played some for a little bit, but then he's been hurt. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, Walker is clearly the guy, and it's not much of a timeshare there. No, it's not. The, the only thing, thing you think about is maybe they throw the ball a little bit more often or Gino puts it down and runs himself a little bit more often. Aaron Jones has uh, been, uh, I, I guess the best way to say it is not used properly. You've got him all the way down to 12 this week against Washington. And this is hard to explain, Jeff, because Green Bay has no playmakers right now. Aaron Rodgers is frustrated. They just lost to the Giants and Jets in back-to-back weeks. And Green Bay is reeling at this point. You wonder if they will start to game plan with 33 more because, you know, even though he didn't do much in nine carries, it's still nine carries, and he's not really right. a focal point in this offense right now. Well, I like how the coaching staff is like, uh, we got to find a way to get him more carries. Uh, it's entirely in your power. You're calling the plays. You're the coach. I mean, it's it's pretty much okay. It's one thing to say you need to find a way, but that's just lip service. And you know, you when you have the power to do it.
It's true. It's very true. And and the funny thing is, is that at times I'll watch A.J. Dillon and he's the banger. Aaron is the slasher. When those two are in sync, that offense is working so much better. But some people think that Aaron Rodgers is finished. And the fact that he's lost Devontae Adams, he just can't replace him with guys like Dobbs, Christian Watson, and whoever else that he's uh, targeting right now. Right. Um, they did try to kind of fake it at wide receiver they lost uh, Rogers' security blanket, Randall Cobb, this past week to an ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins might be coming back. It, it's, it, 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 you know, Rogers is dealing with a sore thumb in his own right there. It's a pretty bad situation right now. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, more uh, fantasy football talk right now with Jeff Erickson. If you want to weigh in, now is the time to do it. Bottom of the hour here on our two-hour edition of Sports Talk. Let's go to Adrian and get this update. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. 47 now past the hour. Bernie Olivas coming up top of the hour for our Tony the Tiger Sumble watch. We'll pick games. We'll talk about the news today, which apparently involves the expansion of the college football playoffs to 12. They can accommodate in a couple years the extra games so adrian that's big news as far as the college football world goes yeah it's so interesting steve we hear that the division one transformation committee uh has dialogue to expand the ncaa tournament in every sport not just football but like men's basketball also uh so you might see more teams get into every kind of postseason that the ncaa is putting together uh and you know most notably college football that's the one that everybody has a strong opinion for i think i I think there's uh, a wide consensus is to have 12 teams in the playoff and that being the or making the most sense. So if we go 12, which has been talked about, that's fine. What about adding another 20 teams to the NCAA basketball tournament if they qualify? And by the way, what actually um, signifies qualifying for the NCAA basketball tournament? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm not too big of a fan of 20 more teams that's what 88 uh that you Good would have Lord. and then plus you know all the play-ins the those who would end up getting higher seeds can you imagine like a 18 seed or uh no. going all the way up to a 20 seed like forget that i i i think that there uh there should definitely only be 68 teams and even that's a lot of teams right there in the ncaa tournament it is it's a ton of teams i i just cannot imagine i i cannot imagine going that deep uh, not going 80, but, but do we know for sure what qualifies that? Like, I saw the article, 25% uh, more teams would get in if they qualify, well, like they would qualify, but what does that mean? Well, I'm I'm assuming that they would just expand the at-large, kind, because you always get the conference automatic bids, but then you'd get more at-large teams. So maybe, you know, instead of just sending one team from conference, you say they get two when it's all said and done in this new format. Uh, but that's, I guess that's also wishful thinking. It's probably more on the lines of, hey, instead of eight Big 12 teams, they're going to allow 10 or 12 Big 12 teams uh, when it's all said and done. Maybe if you, uh, does this mean that if you win the regular season, you get in? in addition to winning the postseason tournament? Is that the way they would try to reward you and get you in that way? Since we know so many great teams that win the regular season but don't make the tournament because they'll lose in their conference tournament. Yeah, that would make sense if they made more, uh, I guess, regulations around this and also I mean, uh, you know, rewarded those who won in regular season tournaments. I get it that there are going to be a lot of bigger conferences where uh, the regular season champion usually is uh, in this championship or the semifinal round of the conference tournament but at the same time for some of these mid-majors they need that the the regular season team who wins the conference they should be uh you know rewarded and head over to the the NCAA tournament because they won the regular season by the way John Rothstein did his conference USA preseason power rankings and UTEP is eighth behind um Rice Louisiana Tech Florida Atlantic Middle Tennessee North Texas Western Kentucky and UAB that's very similar to how the Conference USA, uh, you know, preseason poll came out today. Uh, UTEP in both men's and women's basketball, they they came in at eighth. So uh, very similar numbers right there. Yeah, it's interesting. Jelly Walker has been named CUSA Preseason Player of the Year per release. That's a great uh, pick right there. He's an NBA prospect who could be playing uh, in the pros one day. Uh, UAB is very fortunate to land him. And, hey, the Blazers have a nice NIL collective. That's how they were able to keep Jelly Walker and get the LSU transfer. Eric Gaines, I I believe that's his name. I would love to know what it cost him, wouldn't you? 
Oh, yeah, I want to know what the, the price tag was to keep Jelly Walker on the team. Price of poker? That would be kind of interesting. I'm with you on that one. So, anyway, uh, some good basketball storylines. And, by the way, that just goes to show you, as far as UTEP goes with uh, Joe Golding, 8 out of 12, folks. That's where they – so, we know this roster is completely remade. We've seen them work out. They play Saturday in Odessa against Tarleton State and Billy Gillespie in a closed scrimmage, and then they'll play the following week in Lubbock against Texas Tech. But uh, And then they, they open up November 7th in Austin against UT. But, I mean, 8 out of 12, that tells me that's probably going to be a team that wins about – 14 to 16 games, wouldn't you think? Yeah, but it's interesting because last year's team, um, you know, Joe Golding, first-year head coach last year, they were picked to finish 10th, uh, and they finished 4th when it was all said and done. So they really overachieved. I, I'm i going to maintain what I've said uh, about this UTEP basketball team. I think they're going to struggle out of the gate to find an identity. But once they find an identity similar to last year, they'll be rolling. And, and it really only matters if they uh, find their identity in Conference USA play. So uh, with a, a whole new roster, a whole new nucleus it's about um you know building that team chemistry and trying to get as many wins as you can no you're right about that you're absolutely right about that again you want to talk about it we'd love to hear from you uh here on sports talk 505-6009 that is our telephone number i'm finishing up a story on the website right now about utep football and how quiet things are for utep i mean they played seven games in a row Coming off a bye, though, and the loss to uh, Louisiana Tech, not playing a home game in about a month, I feel like there. this is the least amount of buzz that we have heard in this city since uh, before the North Texas game with all that hype. I mean, nobody's talking about him right now, Adrian, and maybe it's maybe it's better that way. Maybe they have to just come back and 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 uh, you know clean slate and and start earning, getting the fans back on board again. Yeah, I think it's on the team, it's on the the players, it's on the coaches to rally back and to prove to the fan base that they should be there uh, next week. I think it's going to be tough to get fans out this week. I, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I, I'm not expecting too much out there. Two o'clock kickoff. Not a lot of people even know it's an afternoon kickoff. That's true. This game. And that then, is true. Uh, they have a night game next week, so that's the seven o'clock one. Do we know why this game is a two o'clock kick? Is it just to um? Is it to accommodate Florida Atlantic and get them back home? Uh, you know, not have to stay over Saturday night. Is that why? Oh well, I have no clue as to officially why this is a two o'clock start, but that would be my best guess. I mean, Florida Atlantic making the long travel all the way to El Paso. Uh, it, that's the beauty of being in conference USA. You have these cross country travels, and it's really difficult for the Florida schools or any of the Texas schools when they travel with each other. I'm with you on that one. All right, Dallas Cowboys update with Christy Scales will be coming up at the top of our 4 o'clock hour, then Bernie and our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. And again, we're with you till 5 o'clock today. That's it. We'll cut it off at 5, get you ready for the Yanks and the Astros. Game 2 of their best of 7 ALCS, which you can listen to right here on ESPN Radio. Excited to have you aboard on this Thursday edition of Sports Talk. Final hour next, 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, here we go. Start of hour number two on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. we got a lot in store for you here, including our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch, which will be starting moments from now. But first, got to get everybody all set with uh, Adrian's uh, physical athletics fitness tip of the day. He gives it to you and uh, keep uh, you uh, on your toes during your journey like Adrian's journey. What do you have for us today, Adrian? Appreciate it, Steve. Here's your fitness tip of the day presented by Physical Athletics. Don't forget to recover after a workout. That's where progress is actually made. During a workout, you break down your body, you stress your body, and it's during the recovery process where your body adapts and gets stronger. Physical Athletics uh, reminds you it's never too late to start your fitness journey. They've got two locations on the far east side, out at Joe Battle and Eastlake. Get a free one-week trial to see what they're all about. All you have to do is call or text 915-996-4476 to get started with Physical Athletics. It's as simple as that, ladies and gentlemen, as simple as that. As we uh, say hello to Bernie Olivas for this week's Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch uh, here on Sports Talk. Thank you for coming in. 
let's see, a day late and an hour early. That's what the baseball playoffs will do to you, Bernie. We weren't even on the air until 6.30 yesterday because we aired that Phillies-Padres game, which never ended. It was like a four-hour baseball game. You know, that's a good thing. We, we, changed, the, we changed the time because uh, we would have never got on the air. No. But obviously, that is not the game that I'm more interested in. The one that I'm more interested in didn't turn out the way I would have liked for it to turn, out, turn well, the, out. But Well, the good news is the game you're really interested in, we're actually airing in an hour, so that way you can get home and have plenty of time to go watch it and not have to put you on the radio instead. Hopefully they, uh, they've got some good rest. You know, I know they had a tough time in Cleveland. They had that rain out, and then they had to hop on a plane and get on Houston and play right away. And of course, going up against Verlander is not the easiest thing to do, and Verlander showed why he is three-time or four-time or eight-time Cy Young Award winner. Some strange managerial moves by Aaron Boone, but uh, if you're a Yankee I, I, fan, that's been the theme all season, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to be negative there. But, oh, well. Uh, will you football. will you have an opportunity to be in the New York area in the next couple of weeks to possibly catch either an ALCS or a series game? No, I actually had an opportunity to go to a game today. Uh, oh, you could have been to game two. I could have been to game two, but I said no. In I've got a Houston. Radio, in Houston, All I right. said, but I have a radio show to do. I'm sorry, I can't go. Good for you. Hey, well, have you ever been to Yankee Stadium for a playoff game? I've been to Yankee Stadium for a World Series game. Oh, yes. how did you? How, how was that? It was incredible. This back there when they played Miami. When you know, I think they wound up losing that that series. But I got to see. That was way back when Andy Pettit. I saw Andy Pettit pitch. That would be when they were the Florida Marlins. Florida Marlins, there you go. Wow. And I also I saw a couple of the uh, World Series games. I saw game one and two in, in Phoenix in, uh, in 2001. Yeah, I was at, that, I was at game one for that, yeah. and that was, uh, that was a lot of fun too um, just because I was right after 9-11, and uh, everybody, the, the whole country was on edge, and I thought that, uh, you know, given the circumstances, the Yanks being in the series that year uh, kind of made it, made it good for baseball. I it really thought did. fate was going to let them win it, but uh, nope. good old Gonzalez there. Yeah, that ninth inning, uh, fate yeah. uh, fate went downhill thanks to uh, you're right, a yeah. little uh, little Phoenix magic from the Diamondbacks. It was Mariano. Year. It was Mariano who threw the ball into center field on that bunt. That that's the that's started. the only blemish that Rivera had yeah. on his resume, which is now in Cooperstown and considered the greatest closer of all time. Absolutely, but all right. But anyway. Let's talk football. Uh, by the way, there was news today regarding the college football playoff. They were just looking at you know the expansion possibilities to 12, and the latest is that coming up in a couple of years, they've cleared the dates, so that way if the playoff does expand to 12, they'll be able to accommodate. Yeah, I'm still not totally really happy. I don't mind the expansion. I had the fact that they're, uh, that they're still considering playing the first round on campus is mm-hmm. uh, – Kind of hurts the bowl business, and it hurts, it's going to hurt some teams because I think that uh, four teams that are going to be ten and two or eleven and one are going to lose the first round and go home and not get a, bar- a, a bowl experience. Uh, I think that I don't think I hope that issue gets gets resolved. And I know that our executive director Nick Carparelli is talking to the NCAA and the College Football uh, Playoff uh, Foundation about doing that because uh, you know I don't think it'll hurt the bowls. I think what'll happen is you'll get more five and seven teams in the in those in, in those other bowls, but. Uh, I just can't see a, a ten and two, eleven and one, possibly teams losing a, 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 a playoff game on the road and then having to go home and never experience it a, a yeah. bowl that season. So we'll see what happens. I'm with you. It's going to be interesting to see how that develops. Uh, meanwhile, as far as the ACC and the Pac-12 go, looking at the games last week, Clemson and Florida State had a classic uh, that uh, you know Florida State made close in the fourth quarter, but they still fell short. Syracuse stays undefeated, knocking off North Carolina State in a huge battle there. Miami uh, with the win over Virginia Tech. They needed to get on the road. And how about North Carolina edging out Duke? Some good ones uh, last week. There's a lot of good ones. You know, the ACC still has five teams ranked in the top 25, which is awesome for us. And we know they're going to have to play against each other. And they're going to knock each other out. But still, at, at, you know, going into week eight, you still have Clemson and Syracuse who are still undefeated. Of course, that's going to come to an end this weekend because yep. they go against each other. You still have Wake Forest has only lost one game. North Carolina has only lost one game. And of course, NC State is five and two, ranked twenty third. So they, I, I think with that, that translates to us having a pretty good football team coming to the Tony Tiger Stumble on December thirtieth. So come on, and get your tickets. I'm really excited about this year, especially after the last couple of years. You know, one game not being played, and then you know, you know, last year where we had to scramble to find a team. So looking forward to twenty, you know, twenty twenty two and the, and the Tony Tiger Stumble again on the thirtieth this year, not on the thirty first. So and you know, the Pac twelve is not doing bad either.
I got news for you. You might get Notre Dame this year. They lose to Stanford 16-14. They're now 3-3 on the season. You mentioned that if they qualify, you and two other bowls will have the same chance at trying to get the Irish. And uh, Notre Dame still has left on their schedule. Number 14, Syracuse on the road. Clemson at home. Uh, and USC on the road. I mean, they might end up being six and six or seven and five when it all uh, when it all uh, you know clears. Absolutely, and we would take them at six and six or seven and five. Everybody, love them or hate them, wants to see Notre Dame, and they do bring a lot of excitement anywhere they go. That is why, if they would fall into the pool with the Pinstripe Bowl and the Duke's Mayor Bowl with us, it's a draw because everybody wants Notre Dame. It would be a draw to see who would get Notre Dame. So. Uh, uh, yes, it's it's possible. It's getting close. Again, they've got three tough teams. Yep. And uh, the other teams, you know, the other games, you know, UNLV could give them, could give them a shot. You never know. But uh, will, that um, Stanford win was huge. If Notre Dame qualifies, will you be at the ACC office to make sure that there is not a frozen envelope to send them to the Pinstripe Bowl or some other bowl game? You gotta, even though you're on the this is on the up and up, you gotta ensure. That uh, if Notre Dame has a shot, that there's no shenanigans going on. You know, ACC is a very upstanding <laughs> conference. They wouldn't do anything like that. You've heard the frozen envelope conspiracy with uh, Patrick Ewing and the Knicks from the 85 NBA lottery, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, but, just making sure. And we'll, we, we will be, uh, we, I will be back in El Paso. I will probably be at the championship game that Saturday night yeah. and then get an early flight back so we can, uh, announcements are usually made. About one between one and one thirty on that Sunday, uh, December the fourth. Okay, but uh, so we'll see how that one works out. Um, Pac twelve, by the way. Speaking of the Pac twelve, besides Stanford beating Notre Dame on the road, which was a shocker, Utah in one of the games of the week outlasted USC forty three forty two. That was big. Uh, Colorado got their first win, so that happened twenty to thirteen. Washington destroyed Arizona and uh, Oregon State. Uh, put a pretty good thumping out on Washington State. So good games this week in the Pac-12. You know, absolutely. And as we say, the ACC has five teams still ranked in the top 25. The Pac-12 has four. You know, UCLA, Oregon, USC, and Utah are all ranked in the top 15. Uh, again, I think, uh, to me, that translates to us having another, another good football team out of the Pac-12. So I'm looking forward to a, huge, to a great game this year. Uh, COVID is over, I'm pretty sure, I hope. And, I hope uh, too. We'll have a, we'll have a normal a normal Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game, and I hope everybody comes out and fills up that stadium. Hey, meanwhile, we've got the Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest. We're going to do trivia before that, give away a pair of tickets. But uh, congratulations last week. Joy had a terrific week picking games. She was on fire. She got seven out of ten correct picks last week, which just blew all of us out of the water, I think. Even her husband only had four. Oh. She gets bragging rights over uh, over him. That's good. However, Matt Brenner, 10 for 10 last week. So he wins the two tickets to the Sumble, and he wins the big package from Chick-fil-A, uh, from Chick-fil-A for beating our celebrity our celebrity. Uh, yeah. Contest winners. How do we get? How does he get ten for ten? Look, I don't know. Didn't you, know, you get four out of ten last week? I got four. Oh my goodness! You know what's even strange about that? He forgot to put down the total number of points. Didn't matter. But he was the only one to pick ten for ten. So he gets it no matter what. He gets it no matter what. Incredible! Incredible! Well, congratulations to Matt. Congratulations to Joy. And um, now I went six out of ten last week. Adrian, what about you? I went five out of ten, so I'm still I'm still behind. I think you just took the lead, Steve. You are in the in the front runner of this contest. You are uh, 44 picks correct, and uh, Bernie is 43. I'm checking it at 41. Okay, uh, Bernie has been crying for weeks about the fact that I had a zero week. Now let me just refresh uh, his memory and let everybody know that. The way this contest works is, yes, we pick them on the air, but we also, the way it's signed, sealed, and delivered is to enter them on the website. That's the key. Otherwise, it's void. you got to enter them on the website, sunbowl.org. So even though a couple of uh, Wednesdays ago on Yom Kippur, which I took off like Sandy Koufax did on the World Series years ago, um, I did not make picks on the air that day. I did have them ready to go on the website, and I ended up going 6 out of 10 which kept me in the mix, wasn't my best week, wasn't my worst week. And now, Bernie, you've got some catching up to do after your 4-10 uh, and 10 performance last week. Yeah, hey, I'm ready. 
I am ready. I studied, studied, studied late. Good, good. I'm ready. You're gonna, you need I'm gonna it. Take it over. Uh, that's what I want. I, I like that confidence, Adrian. Uh, meanwhile, the worst part is for you. You're three behind me, two behind Bernie, and the way this works is uh, loser buys lunch at the end of the season. So you've got some work to do, Adrian. Yeah, I definitely do. I did not study. In fact, I've been doing too many, too much studying uh, leading up to this. So I'm gonna just start flipping coins for these games, and, like and maybe I'll, maybe I'll get some right. That sounds good. Let's do trivia, and then we'll come back. And uh, John Teicher is gonna join us as our celebrity this week. What do you have for us as far as uh, trivia? We're going we're going outside the box this week, and I kind of like. And the reason we're doing that is because, you know, Eddie Morelos and Jay Pritchard and us we they dig through our through our through our archives and try to get some questions that are going to be a little bit tougher. But our audience is just too good, so we're going outside the box to see who who really knows the Sumbul Association. So good. I hope it's Google proof. <laughs> Nothing is Google proof anymore. That's true. But for two tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sumball game on December 30th, you know, the Sumball Association recently put out a video, which you can find on our website, by the way, that kind of shows what the organization does besides a football game. We're more than a football game. Mm-hmm. So the Glasheen Vice and Interman Injury Lawyers Sumball Parade is set for Thanksgiving morning at 10 a.m. However, there is another event before that the Sumbul Association puts on. And just for a little Clint, we are not all about athletics. So, for two tickets to the Sumbul game, name the event, the date of the event, and the place of the event. Wow. Now, this is not, is this, but so you said the date of the event. So, this is not necessarily the morning of the parade. It could be before the parade. It could be. It's a, it's a totally different, I'll, another hint, it's a totally different event. Okay. But it is an assembled event that is before the parade. Okay. All right. And like I like I said, it. And like I said, the other hand is that we're not all about athletics. Okay, good. That sounds like that's the winner to me. First person in, 505-6009 that knows is a winner. In the meantime, D Wu is standing by. She's got traffic for us. D, how are we looking today? 20 past the hour. Back here on the Tony the Tiger Sumble Watch. Still don't have a winner on trivia. By the way, um, as a clue, this doesn't have to be something on Thanksgiving morning before the parade. It could be before Thanksgiving. Correct, Bernie? And like I said, it doesn't have to be anything athletic-wise either. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Interesting. First person in with the correct answer, 505-6009, is a winner. And you can always go to the website and find it, but, I mean, I <laughs> could have. You know, I thought that would have been an obvious no-brainer, but I guess not. So, you know. You had to tell them, but that's, that's what we thought at the office. I said, you know, let's make them go to our website. That's make right. Them look at our stories. If your website, <laughs> if you go to Google Analytics and your website gets a terrific amount of hits between 418 uh, and 425 p.m., <laughs> now you know why, right? That's it. Uh, are you ready for our uh, celebrity guest this week? I'm telling you, I stayed up all night studying these studying these games here. I got to well, catch up. You do. Um, he really needs no introduction, does he? In fact, great profile today on the front page of the El Paso Times. Oh, that was great. First thing I saw this morning, read it. Congratulations, John, and, and, and good health for you know for a long, long time. Thank you, Bernie. Feeling very good. I went back to uh, MD Anderson last week, got a clean bill of health for another three months, so uh, I'm... Uh, I'm truly thankful. Yeah. Good for you. And uh, we appreciate you being a part of this, and uh, it's good to see you here. Uh, and um, tell you, I think that, that chair might be adjusted. One of these chairs is adjustable. I hope to God it is for you. But uh, nonetheless, uh, thanks for doing this, and appreciate you being here, Tosh. Well, what I'm excited about is I'm obviously amongst the geniuses. What, uh, four last week? Uh, Adrian had five. You had how many? Six. Six? Okay. All right. And no, yeah, the, the no, no point spread. This is straight-up winners, John. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the winner almost beat us. All, you know, you know, accumulated our score barely beat him. Well, I know combined scores barely beat him. And of course, now I'm about to be embarrassed. <laughs> Everybody thinks I watch a lot of college football. I watch a lot of UTEP Miners football. I don't of get course. to see a lot of college football. I, I watched yeah. a lot of college football last week. I we were I, I do the, I do the same thing. Everybody thinks, but I'm out. You know, actually, I'm trying to spend my Saturdays over at the Float Warehouse. You know, helping build floats for That's the right. Thanksgiving Day Parade. So yeah. do a lot of things. I will yeah. say something about John. You know. 
1981, Jim Paul called me and asked me if I wanted to be the official scorer of the El Paso Diablos because I was a baseball, high school baseball coach, and I, I agreed to take it. And I thought I knew a thing about baseball. John taught me more about scoring baseball in those it. first few days. John, I remember that. He got me going. That's, I was there for 26 years after that. But John's we, we, the one. We've worked a lot of events together, yes, haven't we? Yes, we years, did. Huh? So, uh-huh. I, like I said, he, he played a big part in me being an official scorer. And like I said, that's I thought awesome. I knew anything about baseball, but he taught me a lot about that. So. Oh, that's phenomenal. So we go back. 1981, I think yeah. that's when I started. More than yeah. 40 years. That's yeah. phenom- That's terrific stuff, uh, John. Don't worry about picking games. This this piece of cake, as you can tell, we don't we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Actually, so I've been right looking in. forward to this all week long. Ever since <laughs> Bernie uh, asked me to do this. All right, here's how we do it. We start off with games, straight up winners. We will give you the spreads just for reference and the winners and the records and how this all works. So let's pick them one by one. Here we go. We'll start it off. Chick-fil-A, Tony the Tiger, Sun Bowl Selectum Contest for week number eight. We begin in the ACC. It's Virginia and Georgia Tech. It's uh, tonight, actually. They're going to be kicking off in about an hour. Virginia, two and four, winless on the road. Georgia Tech, five, uh, three and three, two and one in the ACC I said uh, Virginia's winless on the road. They're winless in the conference. 0-3 in the ACC for Virginia. 2-1 in the ACC for Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a field goal favorite at home again at Bobby Dodd Stadium in Atlanta. John, you're a celebrity guest. You pick first. Who do you like, Georgia Tech or Virginia? There are some really close, very tough games to forecast this week, and I think this is one of them. But I think Georgia Tech's on the upswing. I like the Yellow Jackets. I like the Yellow Jackets at home. All right, uh, Adrian, your turn. Virginia's only won two games this year against Richmond and Old Dominion. Uh, give me Georgia Tech. All right, Bernie. Georgia Tech got a new coach. They've won two games in a row. Virginia's lost their last two. I'm going with Georgia Tech. That makes it a clean sweep. We will all be in agreement. Virginia, uh, Georgia Tech over Virginia for the first game. Let's stay in the ACC and jump right to the game of the week. Number 14, Syracuse at number 5, Clemson. Syracuse, perfect 6-0, 3-0 in the ACC. Clemson, 7-0, perfect 5-0 in the ACC. This game will be uh, out there at Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina. Tigers are 13.5-point favorites. Bernie, start us off. You know, I thought Clemson started out the season pretty, you know, pretty slow. I thought they should have lost a couple of games, but it looks like they've turned around. It looks like that, that engine revved up pretty well. I'm sticking with the home team, the number five team in the country. I'm going with Clemson. I'm with you on that. I agree. I think uh, Clemson will also get it done over Syracuse. Uh, Adrian. Wow, we might not. Uh, no one might uh, pick Syracuse in this one, and I won't either. I'll go with Clemson. As impressive as the Orange have been this year. I can't see them going into Death Valley and prevailing. They're going to have to win a game like this to allow me to choose Syracuse in a game like this. Clemson. If they do, they're going to be a top-10 team, and that's going to be all anybody's talking about in college football. All right, let's keep going. Uh, ACC, we stay for game number three. It's going to be Duke and Miami. Duke four and three, one and two in the ACC. Miami three and three, one and one in the ACC. Ten thirty in the morning from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Miami minus nine this time around. Adrian, we'll let you start it off. I'll go Miami in this game. Will it be close? I think it will be close. That nine points is a lot right there. I think it's a lot closer than than we might see. I'm with you though. I'll take Miami as well over Duke. Tyche, what about you? I can't take all the home teams in this thing. And Miami's been all over the map this year, in my view. So I'm going to take uh, Duke on the road to nice. uh, defeat uh, the Hurricanes. A little upset from yep. John. Yep. All right, yep. Bernie, what about you? You know, Duke, I, I, I love Duke. I love their program. I love the university. However, they, uh, they've they been up and down, but right now they're they're in a downward slide right now. So, uh, And I, I thought Miami is going to be one of the better teams in the ACC, and I still think they're going to be pretty good. I, I'm, going to go, I'm going to go with Miami. Next up, UNLV 4-3 and three, visiting 3-3 f- uh, three and three Notre Dame. This one's going to be uh, at South Bend at Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, the Irish 27-point favorites. It's a 12-30 game on Peacock on Saturday. I'll get this one going. As bad as Notre Dame has played at times, I don't see them losing at home to UNLV. That would put them in jeopardy to go to any bowl game. I'll take uh, the Irish uh, in this one. And uh, let's keep moving. John, you're next. Did I think Notre Dame could lose at home to Marshall? No, they did. Did I think they could lose to uh, Stanford? They did. But they're not going to lose to UNLV. Notre Dame. All right, Bernie. Cheer, cheer for the Irish again. They, uh, you know that was a tough, that was a bad loss to Stanford last week. On, you know, but I, I think they'll bounce back. 
and I think Notre Dame's going to win this one. Adrian. Yeah, Coach Freeman needs this one for uh, Notre Dame. Give me the Fighting Irish. All right, next up, back to the ACC, number 13, Wake Forest, hosting Boston College. Uh, again, Wake has had a terrific season this year. They find themselves 5-1, and 1-1 one, one one in the ACC, BC is two and four, one and three in the ACC. Uh, it's in Winston Salem. Wake Forest twenty and a half point favorites. John. Yeah, no contest. Wake at home. All right, Bernie. You know, Wake. We, I think Wake for real again. When you know they start winning early in the season, I thought, well, they'll they'll come back down to earth. But they're a pretty good football team. I'm I'm going with Wake Forest. All right. Adrian. Uh, there's an argument that Wake should have beat Clemson in that uh, double overtime game. What, what a great one it was. Uh, give, me, give me Wake at home easily. Fair enough. Now uh, we're all unanimous there. We jump back to the Pac-12, and this should be fun. One thirty Saturday afternoon from Eugene. It's going to be number 9 UCLA, undefeated at 6-0, 3-0 in the Pac-12, taking on 10th-ranked Oregon, 5-1, 3-0 in the Pac-12 as well. Somebody's going to lose their first conference game. And uh, the Ducks, six-point favorites at home, Bernie, as we go back to you this time. You know, Oregon started the season with a bad, bad loss to Georgia, 49-3. to Georgia's a pretty good football team, and it was on the road. Uh, I think they're pretty good. And I haven't lost since. And, you know, UCLA is undefeated, but they're playing at Oregon. I'm going with the Ducks. Um, pretty safe uh, call there. What about you, Adrian? I'm going with UCLA in this game. I really like Dorian Thompson-Robinson as the quarterback. 15 touchdowns to just two interceptions. He's a playmaker. Give me UCLA on the road. All right. I agree with you. I'm taking UCLA as well. They're for real. They're fun. They're staying undefeated. Sending shockwaves throughout college football by knocking off Oregon. Uh, Tice, your alma mater. Can yeah, they get the, it done? This could be an embarrassment. Can I possibly pick against my alma mater? The Bruins, as good as they've been, have only been on the road once, and that was at Colorado. So, really, they've been outside the Rose Bowl only that uh, single time. I just can't see it. I, I'm going to go with the Ducks in this one. I agree with Bernie. All right. So, we're split this time around. Bottom of the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Do we have a trivia answer yet? No, we don't, Steve. No one has guessed it. Bernie, I'm surprised we don't have a winner for these tickets. Try to think of another hint to give you. I mean, how many hints can you give them, Bernie, for crying out loud? People just go to the website and find it. It's very easy to find it on our website. Just go to Sumble.org. Call 505-6009 and somebody's winning the trivia. That's right. Isn't that the easiest way to do it? That's exactly right. Let me repeat it again. The Glacine Bison Intermend Injury Lawyer Sumble Parade is set for Thanksgiving morning at 10. However, there is another event that the Sumble hosts before the parade. And I'm not talking before the parade on that day. I'm talking about between now and the parade. For two tickets to the 89th Annual Tony the Tiger Sumble Game, now the event, the date of the date of the event, and the place of the event. Just take a say of it. Uh, it's right on our website. That's all you got to do. Simple as that. All right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We've got, a, I think, another four games left before we wrap things up. Let's go to Adrian and Sports Center. Then we'll come back and we'll finish this off uh, here with John Teicher, our celebrity guest on uh, this week's uh, Chick fil A Sun Bowl Challenge. We've got somebody on the line who thinks they might know the answer to trivia. We'll see if somebody gets it right. Hopefully they do. 33 passed to win a pair of tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game on December the 30th. We've got four games left to pick. Uh, and in the games we have left, three Pac-12, one ACC with uh, John Teicher here as our celebrity. Get- no, didn't get it, huh? No, not oh even close. My, not even close. Unbelievable. All right, uh, let's keep moving on. Stanford coming off that big win at Notre Dame. They are hosting Arizona State. Uh, it's 2 o'clock from Stanford Stadium. The Cardinal, 2-4, and 0-4 oh in the Pac-12. ASU, 2-4, 1-2 in the Pac-12. This is a tight one. Stanford, two-and-a-half-point home favorites over Arizona State. Agent, I think we start with you this time around. Who do you like? Well, I think this is the turning point for Stanford's season. Although the Cardinal are not as talented as they have been in years past, I really think ASU is bad. I, I, I really do. So I'm taking Stanford. All right, I'm with you on that one. I also think Stanford will make it two in a row over Arizona State, who lost their coach uh, about a month ago, won a couple games. But uh, still, I, I don't see that sustaining in terms of that. Uh, John, what about yourself? 
do I see correctly, has Stanford lost 10 consecutive Pac-12 games? I think that's right. That's unbelievable. That's correct. That is absolutely amazing. That's correct. Fueled by their victory over Notre Dame last mm. week, they'll take the Sun Devils. Now you did your homework, John. That's a great stat you uncovered. I didn't even know that. That's amazing. a lot of games. Uh, what about you, Byrne? You know, Stanford's been to, been to our game several times, and I think Coach David Shaw is one of the best coaches I've ever met, I've ever run into. And I think, he, you know, he just needed some time to turn things around. And I think he did it last week with a huge win over Notre Dame, and I think it's going to continue. I'm going with Stanford. I think we are all unanimous in Stanford over Arizona State, which means we've got three games left to go. We'll jump back for our final ACC game of the week, and it's going to be an interesting one. 4-2 and two Pitt visiting 3-3 three and three Louisville. Pitt is, um, again, uh, you know, having a good year. They're 1-1 in the ACC, 4-2 overall. Louisville 1-3 at the ACC. It's in um, it's a Cardinal Stadium in Louisville, Kentucky. Just like the last game, Louisville, two-and-a-half-point home favorites in this one. All right, uh, John, I'll go back to you. Who do you like? I went back and forth, back and forth on this one. To me, it's kind of a coin toss, and uh, for some reason I took Pitt. Uh, I don't think you know they are four and two, so I think that maybe you just went with the fact that you know they've they've won more than they've lost, which might be a good good way to indicate it. I like it, Bernie. What about you? I'm I'm with John. I think Pittsburgh was picked to be one of the top teams in the in the ACC. Had a couple of problems, but I think they've got it straightened out there. I like Pittsburgh over Louisville. Louisville's struggling this year. They you know they show up sometimes, sometimes they don't. I'm going with Pitt. Adrian. Louisville is frisky. They are inconsistent, but they're frisky. Give me Louisville. You've picked Louisville a lot this season, haven't Last you? Last season. But, uh, yeah, this, this, season, this season too. Yeah. I think I've just uh, – yeah, I ride Louisville sometimes. All right. All right. Yeah. I went with Pitt in this one. All right. So we got two to go. Here we are. Oregon State and Colorado. The the Buffs, 1-5. and 1-2 in the Pac-12. Oregon State, 5-2. and 2-2 two. Two and two in the Pac-12. Uh, this one is in Corvallis. The Beavers. 23-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Bernie, will we see a shocker, or will Oregon State win their sixth game of the year? Colorado already gave us their shocker last week. <laughs> They're not going to do it two years, two weeks in a row. I'm going Oregon State. I'm with you on that one. I'm in agreement. What about you, Adrian? I got Oregon State, and by the way, we have a winner, Steve. Hey, we do. Yes, finally, Michael Alarcone. He picked the, the winner. On, uh, he picked the correct answer on this. What is the correct answer, Bernie? The correct answer is on November the 10th at the International Museum of Art on Montana. It is the Sumble Art Exhibit. It's been going on for over 50 years. Free to the public. Some tremendous artists around the Southwest that, that uh, enter their, their paintings for this contest. And uh, like I said, I'd like to invite everybody out to that. It goes, goes from 5 to 7. It's uh, some, great, some great artwork. Yep. And, uh, again, we've been doing this for over 50 years. A lot of people know, don't know about it, and that's why we decided, hey, let's, uh, let's show people what else we do besides, uh, you know, athletic events. And it's a, it's a great event. We'd like to invite all the public. Fantastic. How many uh, YMCA turkey truck guesses did you guess on the uh, show today, Adrian? How many? I, I would say at least four or five. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Four well, or five. Bill Kuhn will be happy for you, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, that means we've got one game left I to go. I still have to pick. Oh, John, yeah, I'm sorry. And, and uh, Oregon State. A lot of people, a lot of the so-called experts, think the Beavers are going to be in El Paso at the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl on December the 30th. And I think uh, they'll easily continue on their merry way. Good. Had you picked Colorado, I really would have been upset with myself yeah. for almost skipping no. you on that one. But I'm happy you picked uh, Oregon State. We've got you recorded. Final game of the day. Washington and Cal. Uh, this will end at 8.30. It's a late game on ESPN from Berkeley and Cal Memorial Stadium. The Huskies are 5-2, and 2-2 two, two and two in the Pac-12. The Golden Bears, 3-3, three 1-2 and three, one and two in the Pac-12. Washington, 7.5 point road favorites on this one. Adrian, get it going. Yeah, you know, Cal is really struggling right now. They just dropped a game to Colorado, who went into that game with the longest active FBS losing streak. Give me Washington. All right. He takes Washington. What about you, John? The Huskies are scoring a ton of points this year. No way Cal can stay with them. The Huskies take this one. I'm with you on that one. I also like the Huskies. Um, will there be a shocking upset in this one, Bernie? No, and I think a lot of people are picking the Huskies to be here in El Paso as well. Like, again, I think we're going to have two tremendous teams, regardless of who it is. But I'm I'm going with the Huskies, you know, you know, over the over the Bears, uh, and uh, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna beat you this week. 
I just looked at this. I just looked at my picks. I think I'm going to beat you. How many games have you picked different from me this week? Let's see. Count them. What do you have? Are you uh, keeping everybody's tally over there? No, just yours. Oh, all right. Um, I mean, I'll tell you who I picked. Bernie, I, I, put them Bernie I picked. Uh, I picked Georgia Tech, Clemson, Miami, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, UCLA, Stanford, Pittsburgh, Oregon State, Washington. Two. All right. Well, good luck to you. <laughs> We'll see how that we'll see how that we'll see how those two games go for you. That'll be good. Uh, I'm excited about that tiebreaker total points UCLA and Oregon. The over under is 71 and a half. All right, Bernie, start us off. 68. Fair enough. Adrian. 63. John. 69. I went 71. So we're <laughs> all in that same ballpark for total points. All right, this was fun. Tyus, good luck to you this week. See how you handle yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up about this. Well, you, you should be. By the way, we're fired up that we have a day football game on Saturday at the Sun Bowl. Miners in Florida Atlantic coming off the bye week, almost the first home game in about a month for UTEP. Right, exactly. Since Boise. Yeah, and of course, uh, Florida Atlantic coming from sea level to elevation. That's true. We'll see if uh, that uh, impacts the Owls. If the Miners play well, when they've played well this, uh, this year, Steve, they've done well. So let's see how they play. Who's your prediction for a World Series? What are we going to get? <coughs> you looked right at Bernie before you opened your mouth. That's good. I like that. I think we're going to get the Astros, and I hope it's the Phillies. That's Tell me why. I, Tell me how come you hope it's the Phillies. I be, Being a Dodger fan, I can't stand the Padres. Even though they've been irrelevant for so many years? I can't stand the fellas from down south. So interesting to yeah. me. They've they've never won a World Series. Can't stand. They haven't by. been to one since '84. Horrible colors. Still, Steve. And, brown and gold. Yes. Who would brown. pick brown and gold? Well, you know, UPS did something with brown. They really did. You know who I want to be in the World Series, but realistically, yeah. I think the cheaters are going to make it. Oh my I god! I think the cheaters are going to make the it. Cheaters. And and I think only because they got they got a good baseball team. And I don't think they we have do. a great and I don't think we have a great manager. But that was my opinion. But I yes. think the cheaters are going to make it. Who are the cheaters going to play? And you know, I've got to I've got to go or I've got to pick. You know, go with the Padres only because there are there are parent club here. That's for, right. you know, with the Chihuahuas. So I've got to go with them. But I don't know if they're good enough to beat the Phillies. I, don't I really know don't either. know if they're going to go good enough to beat the Phillies. But I still have a lot of hope for those for those pinstripers. But uh, again, you know. We could be seeing these games go seven. I mean, these series could yeah. easily both go seven. should be a lot of fun. It should be. It should be. All right. Very nicely done. Both of you are great. Appreciate you being here today, and uh, we'll look forward to doing it again with you right back next week. All right. Thanks a lot, Steve. I don't know what day, Bernie, by the way. Do we even, do we even know what day? Are we going to we gonna be able to do next Wednesday with Bernie? You know, we might honestly have to flex again. i got to do some uh, digging right now. Yeah, we got, we got to check the schedule and see what we have here, Bernie. Bernie, it's, this is a, uh, a crack operation, as you know. It's a crack <laughs> team, and uh, right now we're all completely cracked, and we don't know what we're doing. So we'll figure it out next Wednesday for reference. Yanks-Astros, uh, 5 o'clock. So it looks like there will be another. Maybe we'll go. Maybe we'll do four o'clock next Wednesday for the uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. That sounds good to me. All right. I would like to go give a shout out to Joy and Anthony Martinez again for sponsoring this. This this is one of the best years we ever had doing this. You know this pick'em contest. So Joy and Anthony Martinez over at uh, Chick Fil A. Mm. You know, nice. and Edgemere and and, uh, and Airway. Aren't you going to be out of town? Much. You're going to be out of town next week, right? When are you back in town? I, I leave. I think it's a Monday, Tuesday that I'll be gone. So you'll be uh, back maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it later next. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll figure that out. All right. Good job, guys. Appreciate it. Wrap it up next. Get you ready for baseball. Coming up here, 600 ESPN El Paso.